Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about the first album by supergroup Filthy Friends called Invitation, and it starts out with a song called Despierta. I said this is a super group and the reason that I've paid attention to Filthy Friends is because the lead vocalist is of course Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney so we've been hearing about her sort of performing with these guys locally for a while the other famous people in this band are Peter Buck of R.E.M. and Peter Buck and Corin Tucker write all the songs and then they also play along with Kurt Block of the Fastbacks Scott McCoy of the Minus Five and Young Fresh Fellows and Bill Rieflin the drummer from King Crimson and about a hundred other bands yeah I, I was kind of blown away to look at his Wikipedia page I won't try to list him we won't have any time to talk about the album He's although every band yeah although when they're on tour and we had the good fortune to see them at the independent li- this past week they have Linda Pittman subbing in as the drummer which is fantastic yeah. so yeah and of course I'm the obsessive Slater Kinney fan so I'll just get out of the way that Corin Tucker is my favorite singer she is just a singular talent mm-hmm. and I guess not for everyone but I think she's amazing but when she wasn't Slater Kinney when they were in their off time she had a, a solo project the Corin Tucker band and it was always just like those were good albums they but they they just were lacking a certain something and it's here to have her with this all-star roster of collaborators yeah is really great i think i mean you know this is just me reading a lot into it but i think that after slater kenny took a hiatus she kind of went deep into being a mom and being in the corn tucker band sort of reflected that like she, it wasn't she wasn't really giving it her priority and i feel like now maybe her kids are a little bit older and she's ready to actually do what she was born to do again like this really feels like more of a comeback for her voice and also with Slater Kenny coming back. Yeah, it's fan- and so this, I think, is such a great first track. This is, one, I guess, one of the lead singles from the album and the first video from the album. Uh, the video's okay, but... It was also on a fundraiser collection of music that was released after Trump was elected called 30 Days, 30 Songs, and it was, like, one of the kind of barn burners. Well, yeah, and it is certainly, I mean, just in its you know, title through the lyrics. It is very much a protest song. And if there's any critique to be made on that front, it's just that it's, 
it seems so idealistic and here we are in late 2017 and it seems like it's not going to be easy it's like she just walks up like get out of your get out you're in my seat and it's it's so kind of optimistic but maybe that's what we need it may be reflective of the fact that she said they wrote it in 2012 and so this is actually you know it feels so applicable to our moment with a crazy corrupt present but yeah she actually wrote it several years ago. okay that makes a little more sense but it is such a great that sense of just that that you know that the the times are shifting and there's just a lot of people who are not quite on board with that (laughs) and unfortunately it does you know this this seems to suggest that they'll stand up and it won't take them all you know dying of old age to (laughs) make that effect (laughs) but it is just such a great structure i just We'll say every, you know, the songs need to have a little harmonic treat for me. And the end of the pre-chorus just has this little left turn and it, I think, elevates the song. It's so simple and it is a very straightforward rock song, but those little touches that make it great. Yeah. And and I'll mention that because that's important to remember, I think, for this next song. It's called Windmill. couple of great guitar solos on that song and it's funny when we went to see them this week it was you know the independent is a pretty small venue and it didn't even sell out and I think it's because people didn't recognize who filthy friends were but I was so excited to see Corin Tucker and she was like we were literally in front of the stage like right at her feet that I forgot that Peter Buck is you know one of the great rock guitarists and what's funny is that you know, Green came out in 1988, November of 1988, and I was already, so I was only 15. So I was really too young to have seen R.E.M., and I wasn't aware of them before then anyway. But I would, I was too young to see them when they were playing small venues. And so I don't think I ever saw them live, but if I did, it would have been at like a Universal Amphitheater type of place. And so to, to be that up close and see him performing and see what an amazing guitarist he is, is and be reminded and the fact that a lot of these songs have a real rem feel like you recognize how much of that sound is important to what they sounded like and it, yeah. it, it was kind of like corn tucker well, singing over rem songs. well it, it's really i think the the guitar sound balance because you've mm. got you know peter buck with that i think a very clean kind of sound 
And then Kurt Block is kind of more of a traditional like shredder mm-hmm. and a total ham on stage. Really fun to watch. <laughs> and then Corin Tucker plays guitar on some of the songs, yeah. not most of them. And she is a, a little more just workmanlike, but gets it done with a lot of And heft. she's Cause mostly she... just playing rhythm guitar. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But that combination of guitar styles mm-hmm. just is makes the sound so powerful and that they gel together. And that's mm-hmm. always the danger with the super group is that you get all these different styles and you put them in a room together and it's just cacophony mm-hmm. and here it isn't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're starting to work like a band. Cause I remember when I listened to this, like I mentioned that left, that kind of harmonic left turn in the pre-chorus of the first song. And then this song, I feel like the end of the chorus has that same sort of left turn at the end of the chorus. And it, I feel like it ties those songs together, makes them feel like they're the same album. And even though in terms of lyrics, this feels like a successor, uh, uh, one of the Corn Tucker, her second solo album, she had the song Nesco in about kind of going out as this young girl and kind of finding her own mm. life as a music fan and getting out mm. from a, her childhood. And this similarly is kind of like finding this music scene and getting into it and kind of lying about her age to get into shows. Yeah. And that kind of being a fan and how yeah. it's such a kind of in some sense, oh, it's been sung about. But then when I tied to the other song it almost feels a successor of like oh kind of going out and finding community it's like it's hard to affect change and you know a music community seems frivolous but this is where you get your energy and that windmill that's like you're in the scene and it's creating this power in you to get out there and then the chorus is a chorus they're all singing together it's not just her and the backing vocals come in harmoniously and again super group it couldn't work it shouldn't work but it sound they sound great together yeah. and it sounds so much more powerful working together yeah. and so i found it kind of inspiring as a follow-up even if seemingly it doesn't have anything in common to me they feel like a team working together yeah and you know what you said and the lyrics being about feeling inspired by the music and like feeling appreciating how much it means to you and it reminded me of that giant dog song where the lyrics are or the lyrics start out i believe in girls who believe in rock and roll and that is the one that always sticks with me because it's like those are the people that we seek out and find is the people where music speaks to them and like that's how you create community and connect with people and i think that's a unique group of people that like we are lucky to have found as well and it's like you 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 meet those people and you're like these are my people and so i really appreciated that this song spoke to me in that way yeah that's that's, it's definitely true and i'm gonna do another segue which is speaking of seeking people out (laughs) this next song we'll play i think touches on that a little it's called any kind of crowd
song reminded me so much of Corin Tucker singing over an R.E.M. song from like the Life's Rich pageant era, which is an album that I maintain is a perfect album. Every song on that uh, every song on that record is fantastic, but it reminds me of like Cuyahoga or Hyena, like that jangly guitar and that same feel, but with her voice. And it's so great. Yeah, well, I, it's kind of an interesting take because this was the other single from this album. And when I first heard it, I, I guess because I expected Slater Kinney and it it was precisely Corn Tucker playing over R.E.M. that mm. I just, it took me a little while to warm to it. Mm. And that is, I guess, again, one of those dangers of whenever you are a big fan of an artist and then they go on and do other things. And it's like, oh, I have to kind of get my head around this new thing. And it took a little while. I think this has grown on me, although I still, to me, like the, the darkness and kind of melancholy of the pre-chorus mm-hmm. is so wonderful. And then the the chorus is so just sort of, unalloyed sweetness in a way that's and I get that that, of course you don't like the one that's romantic well it is (laughs) but that's the thing it's like sonically I find it very jarring but then as I've kind of gone back to it and kind of like okay this isn't gonna be Corn Tucker and Slater Kinney this is gonna be Corn Tucker fronting R.E.M. (laughs) and then to see like oh it's really about this like very sweet romantic in the in the first verse and then the second verse is really about hey and then we got older and things happened but we still stayed together and so it is just such a like it is super romantic and and like romance it's like as a guy maybe it didn't you know i'm not always in that wavelength but then I, the song did grow on me and i'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it and that's the thing is a, a super group is has that opportunity fans of all these artists can come and hear them do different things well and that's what like what i like about them is what i like about the both which is amy mann and ted leo performing so together good. and it's like amy mann is kind of alternative folky you know she always played her acoustic guitar and ted leo is very punk and always very like fast and hardcore and the two of them together just find a new sound and they have such they're so different that they influence each other in really interesting ways and i think that's the case with corn Tucker and Peter Buck here. Yeah, it's a fantastic collaboration. This is maybe a little more in the Peter Buck direction, but I'm glad that some of the songs do swing into what I think of as the Corin Tucker direction. I think this next track, The Arrival, is one of those. great gift of Corin Tucker as a vocalist is her ability to just cut loose and you know really unleash these wa- these whales mm-hmm. that are kind of overwhelming and this is I you know if that's what I want from her and that's very selfish of me but this song delivers it and and it's just pure joy and I think, again, it feels like it could be a Slater-Kinney song, that it's just that very visceral and very powerful, and it's very much about her 
kind of strutting on stage and saying like, you know, whatever your issues, just like, just listen to me. I'm awesome. And we're going to have a good time because I'm a rock star. Yeah. And it's such, it's, it's such a just simple, powerful message. And this band helps her deliver it like, with that wall say, of sound. It seems like it could be a Slater Kinney song, but then instead of hearing just Carrie Brownstein's guitar in the background, you know, as the other instrument you hear this whole other yeah, wall this is of much more fleshed out exactly yeah. but yeah just the the purity of the message and the just the sheer swagger of her coming on stage mm-hmm. and that just like i'm here get out of my way because i am the baddest woman in this room <laughs> and you all know it yeah and it's really just beautiful to hear <laughs> and yeah just a pure rock and roll rules message and i feel like the 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 subject matter of these songs appropriately is sort of all over the map because these guys got together in 2012 playing David Bowie covers together (laughs) just kind of for fun. And then they started writing songs over these, over the years. So it's not like there's a lot of thematic consistency. And so that's why I think it feels like a collection of singles. But anyway, we go from the arrival, which is that kind of a different, like almost like, rock and roll yay subject matter to back to something very political with this next song no forgotten son the song are hard to hear but it, the record when you download it from Bandcamp comes with a lyric sheet and just that last line and that we played there give to me an empty shell of what this country should have been it's just like oh it's yeah. so painful it's heartbreaking I mean she's clearly just pouring out mm-hmm. her heart and you just get the sense of like someone who's had a few too many relatives drop the well why don't all lives matter mm-hmm. conversation yeah. and that just the just the fury and the fact though that this song is so driving and yet is so wordy and they're able to pull that off and yeah they get a little bit lost in the mix but then of course the chorus comes in and it's just so simple of just like why what is wrong with you people yeah well and i wonder how much of it this is sort of the context of the fact that um, I, I know Corn Tucker lives in Portland. I don't know about the rest of them. I think that um, Peter Buck is now in Seattle. But those are very liberal cities, but they're surrounded by a lot of, you know, 
bad hombres. And Portland itself has a big history of white supremacy and the KKK Mm. was really powerful there. And in fact, I think black people weren't allowed to own property in the city until like the 1920s. There's a great Atlantic article about the racist history of Portland that's fascinating. But anyway, you feel you kind of feel that coming out or influencing the song. At least I did. Yeah. And so it is very heartfelt. And and of course, that any time, you know, that it's a bunch of white people and you're just like singing about like our country's being awful yeah and what is wrong with us and that yeah that there is that sense of guilt like we have to make amends and that it's not like oh look at this thing happening it's like no we're part of the problem and it's just heartbreaking but it's also just a complete jam with the shredding guitar like she's cutting loose the guitars are just totally max like you just yeah, get the sense that when know, they mix this they just turned all the dials up to if max. you don't know what the song is about it's still a really great song oh super fun it is a little exhausting yeah and- but my this is one of my favorites on the record mm-hmm. it's just how much it rocks out but my favorite is the next one that we're gonna play which is called brother Novoselic of Nirvana plays bass on this song and on Makers and it's funny because just as we were listening to it I was noticing the bass more and of course it's because it's someone else and even on stage and I feel like throughout this record Scott McCoy's bass and even his backing vocals have just been really kind of subdued and in the background and it's funny because he was the front man and many many of his past bands and a guitarist and so it's interesting to see him just sort of taking a step back but maybe that's what he wants to do at this point in his career yeah well i i think that there's something to be said for hey i'm a front man all the time and it's nice to you know let other people drive mm-hmm. and just provide some horsepower on the bass and he certainly does this song just has that combination of the real kind of driving bass driving beat and 
the soaring vocals mm. and just it is kind of a melancholy song about just time being fleeing and trying to stay in touch with people and like reach just trying to hold on to your family and it's it's very you know it's very emotional without being kind of cloying mm-hmm. like it's it's a very sweet song i uh I like the fact that I think that in Slater Kinney and even to some extent in the Corn Tucker band, Corn Tucker's lyrics were never that directly personal. They're always very oblique. And so I wonder, it makes me wonder, like, was this written by Peter Buck? And I, it makes me want to go out and find out which one of them has a sister and a brother because it's so, it's so sweet and, like, personal and genuine. Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking too, like, I'm going to at least trot out Sympathy mm-hmm. from One Beat uh-huh. being a super yeah, personal yeah, yeah, yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not totally But their, it's still like oblique, their mode. you know? Okay. I, I think it's pretty dramatic. Okay. Personally, I don't, go listen to it again. And okay. all of our listeners, it is an amazing song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song, I, it is so personal, but it is so universal that mm-hmm. I could see it being anyone with a family would, who is not a kid and maybe has seen people drift apart and seen people die and that you know, all the members of this band, like these aren't kids. These are all people who have had long musical careers that I think like Corin Tucker is probably the youngest person in the band yeah. and that they've all, you know, had families and these lives and that's the experience they can bring to the table. And it's all these different experiences and it's so rich. And that's what comes across in the song that it's just, it's all of that earnestness and it feels earned and they pull it off and it's kind of amazing. And that's, to kind of loop back to the take on mm-hmm. the album that Supergroup are they going to work as a band or is it just going to feel like a bunch of different musicians in stuck in a room together and I think the, this song you just they're a team yeah. and it's a pretty good team well <laughs> and it's such a universally relatable idea that you know time's like a train watch it roll away and by the way I have to mention that the drummer really like brings it to the table in this song because it really sounds the tr- the drum beat kind of sounds like a train going it's got like the chugga chugga yeah i think we haven't it the drumming is not very showy on most mm-hmm. of the album but it is just really solid again what you would expect with yeah, one super Lil versatile Lil super trump talented drummer record. with yeah yeah and i guess the other thing i do want to say though is like oh they've come together as a band this this doesn't feel like just a goof that hey yeah. they want to be a band and mm-hmm. write good songs you know, I'll say we're playing what seven uh, out of twelve songs. You know, I it, they're not all perfect. I think they're still kind of figuring themselves out, but the high points are so high, and we saw them live and how many new songs they trotted out, and the new songs sounded amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and makes me very optimistic for what are these musicians going to do next. And it's and it's so genuinely inspiring to see what people can make when they come together and they they don't really have anything to prove. Like they all have long careers where they've proven themselves to be very talented. Like they don't really need to be making money. They did this because they wanted to and they enjoy playing together and all of them have sort of crossed paths in other contexts and they just like each other and so they decided to do this. And like I think that really shows in the music. Yeah, and you know I I think that the fact that they've come together and make an album and that joy of creation, you know, I'm going to come into this, this next song, which is actually the last song we'll play. It's called makers. And it is just all again, all about the joy of creation. And I, I want to talk a little bit about just the structure of the album because that they've managed to pull this off. You described that it's in some senses, there isn't that cohesion, but I think they've really tried 
for instance, because I feel like the second song, Windmill, was all about being a fan of music. And then the second to last song is all about being a creator of music. And it's like one of them is about the power of being a fan and learning from that. And then here we come like, and now I've gained all this power and now I'm putting it back out into the world and that the power of being a fan, the power of being a creator. And then I think even sonically, I feel like the choruses in these two songs sound very, very similar, except that where the windmill has this kind of left turn, then makers doesn't. And it's, I think a little, it's a little less ambiguous and a little more kind of triumphant as is totally appropriate because this band they're a band and the a first album from a band shouldn't be this good and i can't wait to hear the second one so this has been for the record we've been discussing the the debut album from filthy friends invitation thanks so much for listening (laughs) 